Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. Are you excited to be in God's house tonight? Amen. Well, we got a lot of good things going on, a lot of good things coming up. Um, got a few announcements. First of all, let's give our online audience a warm welcome. Good to have you here with us tonight. Amen. Uh, we've got a few announcements. Rick Renner, January 29th. Uh, I know everybody's looking forward to that. Everybody's excited about that. Some of you might have his books, The Jewels, you've been kind of uh, messing around in. And I'll tell you what, they are very good. And it's going to be an exciting and powerful time. Looking forward to it. Also, we have our Winter Fiesta fundraiser dinner for uh, Train Christian Academy, February 10th at 6.30 p.m., $25 a person. Registration can be done online or in the uh, commons area with uh, one of the representatives. And uh, last but not least, we've got our Super Bowl Sunday, February 12th at 6 p.m. in the Student Ministry Building. Taco meat and chips will be provided. There's lots of uh, games and other things that's going to be going on. And it's not just for the youth. It's not just for uh, the men, but it's for everybody. So anybody who would like to join that, there'll be the Super Bowl going on at the same time. And uh, I believe you'll have a great time with that. Amen. So don't forget that. That's February 12th at 6 p.m. in the Student Ministry Building. All right. Now, are you excited about giving tonight? I was reminded today about a scripture that I, I've quoted many times, but, you know, the Bible says that the righteous will, uh, that the, uh, now I, I done lost what I was going to say. Anyway, you never see the righteous forsaken or seen out begging for bread. That's what I was going to say. Praise God. And uh, I believe, uh, you know, we're the righteousness through Christ Jesus. Amen. And so we have hope and we are able to do many things through his power. We are, we are as he is, and we are the head and not the tail. And uh, that's exciting. Amen? Uh, we've got different ways to give. We've got the envelopes and the seatbacks in front of you. Uh, also, we've got our text to give. You can go online at lake-church.com and uh, also our uh, app. So you can give that way as well. I'm going to go ahead and pray. The offering bucket's in the back tonight. So on your way out, you can uh, give your offering or you can give with, uh, with those other options. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be in your house. Father God, I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. Multiply and meet the needs tonight, Father God, for the ministry and for your kingdom, Lord. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kevin Barnell. All right. Good evening, Lake Church. Good to see everybody tonight. Pastor Greg is out of town at a minister's conference, so uh, I'm going to be sharing the word with you tonight. Excited to be uh, breaking open the bread of life so that we can all partake tonight. But before I do, uh, I just wanted to show you something. Rebecca handed this to me. This is hot off the press. This is the church, the hope of the world. All of the messages from 2022 in the bookstore in a USB so you can pick up your copy. Like I said, all of the messages from 2022. Uh, we had As Goes the Church. Remember that? Pastor Greg taught that. Authority Issues, Empowered to Discover. Hell no. That's a Pastor Greg message. We know that for sure. 
<laughs> uh, so a lot of great messages. I don't know how many there are, but there's a bunch of them. Um, only $34.99. 74 messages, it says right there, for only $34.99. It'd do you good to pick that up, put that in your USB, and just listen to those things and refresh yourself in the Word on all that God said to us over the last year. Amen? Amen. So those are out there. You can pick those up. And um, be good. Be good. Also, Jeff Craig... Let me just remind you, Sunday night school, we've kind of been missing this on announcements some. We'll do better. Uh, But Sunday night school is this Sunday night. Jeff Craig will be teaching flow. That's a class on learning how to flow with the Holy Spirit. So that's at 6 o'clock at the uh, Area 51 Youth Building on Sunday night. Uh, We have uh, three of those Sunday night school classes. Of course, Pastor has disclosure on the second Sunday of the month. And then uh, I think Pastor Bob's next with Reset. And then the next Sunday is always Jeff Craig in flow. So encourage you to take advantage of that. Those classes don't cost anything. They're free. Anybody can come. Uh, so it would be good, good opportunity to get in the Word. Amen? All right. So uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 103. And while you do... Just want to share a few things. I wrote some things down. I am going to teach tonight based on the message series that Pastor started on Wednesday nights called Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed. So there's a, in talking about healing, it's really important that we learn how to partake of healing in our lives. It's really important that we learn how to partake of healing in our lives. And the reason why is because we live in a fallen world. Now listen to this. There are elements in this world that are against us. There are deceptions and temptations that seek to entice us into destructive behaviors to bring destruction into our lives. There are viruses and infectious diseases that seek to weaken our bodies. Some of them man-made even. We live in a dangerous world. You know, we don't like to think about it, but there's people with evil agendas in the world. I mean, we've known for decades they've had biological warfare weapons and different things like that. But we had something leak out a couple of years ago. We need to be able to uh, understand how to partake of healing. See, in the spirit, we're a three-part being. And in the spirit, which is the innermost part of us, we are fully redeemed. You know, Colossians 2 and 10 says, you are complete in him. Well, the in him part of you is the spirit man. It's the part of you that has become one spirit with Jesus Christ. That's amazing. What that is, is Jesus by his spirit has become one with our spirit. There's a part of you that is wholly united to Jesus. 
to where you and him are so united that your, that your identity has been absorbed in his. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, your identity has been completely uh, absorbed into his identity because you have become one spirit with him. And listen, he didn't take on you. You took on him. (laughs) Amen. So in the spirit, we are fully redeemed. Listen to this. No sin nor sickness can encroach upon our spirit. You know, it says uh, in 1 John that the, uh, the spirit man cannot sin. Did you know that even when you do sin, it doesn't affect your spirit? Man, that's amazing. No sin nor sickness can encroach upon our spirit because we are sealed by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, When you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Your spirit can't be affected by sin nor sickness. But that's not the only part of you. It's the real you. You are a spirit. It's the God part of you. It's the eternal part of you. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, or when he created Adam, the Bible says he breathed into him the breath of lives. It wasn't oxygen. It was the Ruach, the spirit of God. He breathed into Adam his spirit, and he became a living soul. So see, not only are we spirit, but we have a soul. Soul is the intellectual part of us. It's our personality. Some people say it's the mind, the will, and the emotions. And our soul is in the process of renewal. So see, our spirit is redeemed. It's perfect. It's righteous. Did you know your spirit man, the real you, won't be any more righteous in a million years in the kingdom of heaven than it is today? Why? You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, I can say with confidence based on the word of God that I'm as righteous as Jesus because Jesus is my righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. He's been made unto me righteousness. So my righteousness is the exact righteousness of Jesus. Mm. And I'm saying some stuff. But our soul is being renewed. And get this. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. To a right image of God's nature and character. See, the fall caused us to have a wrong image of God. You know, what happened when Adam sinned in the garden? He went and hid. It wasn't God who withdrew from Adam. It was Adam who went and hid himself from God. Mm. So we've been told some things. We've been told some things. I'm, I, I, people, I believe people are going to get free tonight. And I want to make this statement. I thought of this earlier while I was praying. 
God is going to confirm his word with signs and wonders. Do you believe that? You believe that? Amen. 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 So we are being renewed in our soul to a right image of God's nature and character, as well as a right image of our new identity in Christ. We have to be renewed in the way we see God, and that changes the way we see ourselves. Because not only was Adam created in the image and likeness of God, but we were redeemed to the image and the likeness of God. Like I said, in our spirit, we're one with him. Man, that that means we ought to see ourselves different. We can't evaluate ourselves based on how we think or the way we act in the outer man. Those are manifestations of what we believe about ourselves. Your life is exactly the way you believe yourself to be. But we're being, and, and, and that is a product of how we see God. Because the way we see God determines how close or how far away we are from him. It determines the level of fellowship and intimacy that we have with God. The way that we see him. So we're being renewed in our mind uh, in regard to our, the image and the character of God. The way we perceive him to be. Okay, and also in the way that we see ourselves. That's what the New Testament reveals. It reveals our new identity in union with Jesus Christ. Man, I just want to go into some stuff, but I, I better just stay where I'm at. So we're being renewed to a right image of our new identity as new creations and to the spiritual realities of our union with him. See, in the spirit, we are one with him, as I've been saying. It's a reality. Whether it's manifesting in your life or not, it is a reality. And you'll experience that to to the degree that you embrace it by revelation knowledge. That will determine the degree of your experience uh, of Christ in your life. And number three, our bodies. So I said we're three parts. We are a spirit. We have a soul. Our spirit is redeemed. Our soul is being renewed. And our bodies are not redeemed. See, we have a promise of a glorified body. But these bodies are still affected by the fall of Adam. So they're not redeemed. So our bodies, our physical bodies are still subject to weakness. Can anybody, you know, identify with that? Our bodies are still subject to weakness. They're still subject to temptation. In fact, in James, it says that our temptations, God doesn't tempt us, but they come from within our own lusts and desires and things. And so they're still subject to weakness, and we must exercise dominion over our bodies. We must bring our bodies into subjection to the word of God. We must bring them in subjection uh, and exercise Kingdom authority and dominion over our bodies. In fact, the first place of authority or the first territory that we are to to begin to exercise dominion over is our body. 
and our flesh. Our flesh is made up of our body and the unrenewed part of our mind. Is this making sense? I don't want to, I'm kind of going slow because there's some things I want to say to set this up. Your flesh consists of your body and your appetites, your attitudes and your emotions that are not in subjection to the spirit. That's the flesh. And so we have to begin to, by the spirit, exercise kingdom dominion over the flesh. I've said this before, but it's easier to deal with a demon than it is your flesh. Because you can cast a demon out with a word, but you can't cast out the flesh. It has to be brought into subjection to the spirit. Okay? And that requires an interaction with the word to renew our minds to the place to where we are able to walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh. And then by the power of God's grace, we bring the flesh under subjection. And we rule and we reign over it as a king would rule and reign over his territory. I'm reminded of Smith Wigglesworth. He said, you know, someone asked him how he's doing. He said, I never ask myself how I'm doing. I tell myself how I'm doing. Why? Because our body, our flesh isn't supposed to be in charge. Hmm. But see, our body is unredeemed. So until we receive our glorified body, um, you know, we're going to have to exercise dominion over it. And that means that when sickness comes against us, we take the authority of the word of God and uh, the dominion mandate that we've been given. And we make our body come back into line. <laughs> hmm. So I told you to go to Psalm 103. Let's look at this. Psalm 103, verse 1. Oh, I did it again. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Yeah, how many? All. There's a lot of benefits that come along with relationship with God. The reason why is because God is a benevolent God, so that he has benefits. God is benevolent. He created us. Uh, he loves us. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. Let me just say this. God is for you. Even before you accepted Jesus, God was for you. You know how I can prove that? He sent Jesus to die for you. <laughs> so he says, forget not all of his benefits. Now let's look at verse 3. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Let me go back to verse 3, because we're kind of focusing right now in this series on forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness and healing are always, or in many places, presented together in many places. The reason why is because the same atonement that provided for our forgiveness is the same atonement that provided for our healing. But yet we've separated the two. You know, pastor made an awesome point the last time he was up here on a Wednesday night. He said, back in the days of Jesus, he talked about the story uh, where they, the guys, they, they tore open the roof and they let the, the crippled man down on the, down in there. And, and Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees got all, you know, wound up about it. And they said, who can forgive sins except God? So they had an issue And then he said, which is harder to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? The truth is that neither one. But they didn't have, here's what we got to see. They didn't have a problem with healing. See, they'd known Jehovah for, for thousands of years that he was Jehovah Rapha, the God who, the Lord who heals you. They were well acquainted with that. But when it came to the forgiveness of sins, they, had an, they struggled. Now, here we are on the other side of the cross. Now, remember, David here, he's speaking under an inferior covenant to what we have today. You know, that's what it says in the book of Hebrews. We have a better covenant than what they had. But yet they knew that this was a part of the blessing of God. But see, here on the other side, now we have large parts of the body of Christ. So I'll tell you, healing isn't for today. Everybody in the body of Christ believes in forgiveness of sins now. But the problem is we've had, you know, intellectual theologians parse the word up and then come up with, you know, goofy ideas about how healing isn't for us today. When we live under a better covenant, we live on this side of the cross where the Redeemer has come and made the, been the fulfillment of everything that they had in picture and in typology in the Old Testament. He's the fulfillment. fulfillment. He's the substance of every shadow in the Old Testament. He is the Passover lamb. He was the serpent on the pole. He was all of those things. We live in the reality of what they saw prophetically. We live in the reality of what they saw prophetically, yet they always knew that God was a a forgiver of iniquities and not just some, all. And that he was a healer of all diseases. You know what I see whenever I read these benefits? I see in my mind, in my heart, I see an image of the life of God's design. I see the will of God. These verses paint a picture in my heart of what my life is supposed to look like. Let me say it like this. It paints a picture in my heart of what God wants my life to look like. He wants me to understand and have the benefit of knowing that all of my sins are forgiven. Why, he don't want me bound <laughs> Listen, if you still believe you're a sinner, you'll sin because whatever you believe about yourself, you, that, you act that out. 
If you think you're an addict, you'll you'll be an you'll be addicted to things. If you think you're an immoral person, you'll live out immoral actions. It's just the way it is. If you think you're sick, this isn't mind over matter. This is a spiritual principle. The book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Do you know that people get sick in their heart before they ever do in their body? Man. That's right. We got to change the way. Based on what the word of God. See, the word of God. It gives us the ability to perceive unseen realities. And under this inferior covenant, they had these promises made. We have these promises fulfilled. (laughs) They had these promises made. You can be forgiven. You can be healed. But we have these promises fulfilled already in Christ. You want me to prove it to you? All right, let's look at, uh, let me see if I can find it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. This is the other side of the cross. So Peter's writing, he's, he's, on, the, he's on the side we're on. He's looking back. He says, who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you what tense is were past so in in God's estimation you were healed when in him see he bore our own sins and his body on the tree we were crucified with him it wasn't his sin. He didn't have any. It was ours. That's why I was talking about the three dimensions of the cross a couple of weeks ago. Jesus died for us as us, and we were crucified. He was crucified for us, crucified as us, and we were crucified with Christ. Those are dimensions of revelation. And a lot of people understand that he was crucified for us. Some people understand he was crucified as us. But the third dimension, the deepest dimension, the highest level of revelation of the cross is that we were crucified with him. Which means my old man, who I was in Adam, was crucified with Christ. Mm-mm. See, that's why, he, that's why Paul says in Romans 6, sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but you're under the grace of God. If sin can't have dominion over you, then the fruit of sin, which is death. See, because death is every effect that came upon mankind because of Adam's sin. Think about it. Romans chapter 5 says, through one man, sin entered the world and death. 
through sin. So death is the fruit of sin. Jesus bore the sin of mankind in his own body on the tree so that we could die to sin's power and live unto the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? The word righteousness means a man is as he ought to be. We've been told that righteousness just means right position with God. And that's part of it. But righteousness means that you are as you ought to be. You're as you ought to be. If you understand how to discern what that's talking about. In your spirit, which is who you are, you're a spirit. You are as you ought to be. You're as righteous, as holy, as forgiven and healed as Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And it's not something that's promise, a promise made to you. It's a promise that was fulfilled for you. And here's the awesome part. Before we were ever even born. Before I made one mistake. Before I made one sin. Jesus had already bore my sin in his body on the tree. Mm. That's good stuff. So see, we are not, we've got to change the way we think about this stuff. We are partaking of a finished work. So many people come to God trying to convince him to do something for them. That he's already provided. And the very fact that we're trying to perform or beg or whatever way we're trying to get God to, to do something for us, it just is a, it's just evidence of our unbelief. What's the, what's it say? By whose stripes you were healed. Promise fulfilled. Man, that is awesome. Let's look uh, at Isaiah. Let me, let me put this. Isaiah 53. Now, this is the other side of the cross. This is before Jesus was here, before he ever came. This is what Isaiah said. He said, surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You know, that sounds like it's, he's looking in the past, but actually he's looking prophetically into the future. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Listen to this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. See, Isaiah was, he was speaking from an eternal perspective, prophetically. And he saw it happening. That's why he's saying, we are healed. But Peter, he was there when it happened. So he's on the other side looking back and he said, by his stripes, we were healed. 
It's already accomplished. See, everything that that is a benefit of relationship with God already belongs to you. And the word of God, here's why the word is so important. You know, and I want to say this because so many people have a religious uh, relationship with the Bible. And we kind of brought that on ourselves because we made, uh, we kind of presented a merit system in regard to reading the Bible. Now don't, I'm not bringing any condemnation on anybody, but I remember, man, if we remembered our memory verse, we got a little star on the, on the little board when we were kids. You know, the Bible isn't, isn't meant to be a devotional book. What I mean by that, it's not something I do to prove my devotion to God. But so many people, that's their, that's their thought in regard to the word. Well, I got to read the word so I can prove to God that I'm serious about him. So I can show him how devoted I am to spiritual things. So I can, you know, have him be, you know, happy with me. Bible's not devotional, it's developmental. It is the lens by where we're able to see what's unseen in this world. Without it, I can't see spiritual realities. So if you don't read the Bible, you're blind. We're blind. Because we, we can only see what is evident to these eyes. But listen, there's a whole unseen world. How many of y'all know that? There's a whole unseen world. There's a whole unseen part of you. Talking about you being a spirit being, do you know you cannot discern the condition of your spirit with your senses? I can't see my spirit man. I can't feel my spirit man. I cannot discern the condition of my spirit except by the word of God. So without the Bible, I'm blind to spiritual things. See, the Bible, that's the whole purpose of the Bible. It's not devotional. It's developmental. It's supposed to renew our mind to things that are unseen, to except only by sense knowledge. It's supposed to give us a spiritual sense. That's what faith is. Faith is the ability to perceive things are real, but that aren't manifest in the physical realm. Oh, man. Hmm. See, that's what Isaiah was seeing. He was seeing things that were real, but hadn't yet been manifest in the physical realm. What's the Bible say? There was a lamb slain from when? I know y'all know this verse. From the foundation of the world. Oh man, this is mind blowing stuff. Why? Because eternity isn't uh, time, space, and matter are not a part of eternity. So when, when a prophet would look into eternity, they were able to see, what does the Bible say? God created, he knew the end from the beginning. There is no space, matter, and time in eternity. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he was looking and he was see it, saying it as he was seeing it. 
but it hadn't happened in the physical yet. We've got to learn how to tap into things that are true eternally. Oh, my goodness. That are true spiritually. And by faith, here's what faith does. It gives us the ability to perceive and partake of spiritual realities. Everything that Jesus provided for his people through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating at the right hand of God is available to the believer, but can only be partaken of by faith. I'll say this too about faith. Faith doesn't make something real. Faith doesn't make anything real. Faith only perceives what is real in the spiritual realm. And then gives you the ability to partake of it because you can perceive it. Man, I tell you what. And in the spirit, you're already healed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You say, well, I got something in my body because we can test it. We can find it. The reality is that what's in your spirit can change what's in your body. In fact, everything physical that we see was created out of things that are unseen. So if you can tap into the same power that created everything in this scene room, then that same power can change anything in this scene realm. Jesus proved it. That's what he did everywhere he went. (laughs) He said, I only do what I see the father do. What do you mean? How did he see the father do something? He saw it in the spirit. Mm. And then he, by faith, made it a reality in the physical realm. That's what we do with healing. We have to be able to perceive in the spirit that we're already healed. That we have the very life of God. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's look at this verse. 3 John verse 2. Because I'm still talking about the will of God. I'm trying to establish in your mind the reality that it's God's will for you to be healthy. It's absolutely 100% God's will that every person be, be well, be healthy, be healed and be healthy. Beloved, I pray that you prosper, you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The Holy Spirit inspired John to write these words that... I think in the King James, it says, I will that you prosper and be in health. Is that what it says, Jesse? I know you get. Wish. Wish. I know Jesse's got the King James. I wish that you prosper and be in health. He says, I pray. It's the will of God that you prosper in all things. Say, I don't know if God wants me to do well or not. Well, you can look right there and just tell that God wants you to prosper in all things. 
And not just that, but be in health. You know what health is? It's the result of healing. So he doesn't just want you getting sick and having to get healed all the time. He wants you to begin to walk in health. Oh, my goodness. Say, is that even possible? Mm. I would that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. There's the key right there. Just as your soul prospers. So to the degree that you prosper in your soul is the degree you're going to prosper and be in health in your body. I think it says even as in other translations. It's just saying to the degree that your soul prospers is the degree that you're going to experience health. That's the renewing of the mind. See, I was talking about the soul is being renewed. It's being renewed to an understanding that it's God's will for you to be healthy. Sickness and disease are absolutely the result of the fall and never the will of God for anybody's life. Why, he's our father. Do you know the one thing that Jesus came to reveal about God that they didn't know before was that he's our father? They knew him as healer. They knew him as provider, shepherd. They knew him as the banner of victory. They knew him as all these things. But none of them knew him as father. And Jesus came and he introduced God as our father. Because actually he is. Actually he was. Did you know your origin, your beginning wasn't your parents? Man, I'll tell you what, that's awesome. Your beginning wasn't when your parents conceived you. They just brought about the physical part of you. God sent the spirit. Mm. I I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Those of you who are parents out here, what do you wish for your kids? Is there any sickness or disease that you wouldn't want them to be totally well of? Is there any, uh, you know, would you wish for them anything less than perfect health? Would you will that they fail in a bunch of stuff and not prosper? Well, my goodness, we're evil compared to God. He is perfect love. Yet we would think that God would want things that are less than what we want for our own kids. We just haven't been seeing God properly. We got to allow, see, we got to allow the word to change the image in our soul of the way that we see God and the way we see ourselves so that we can experience God's best. Look at, uh, let me see here. Look at Psalm 107, 20. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the word will heal you. Because it'll give you the ability to perceive 
and partake of the life of God that's already on the inside of you. And it'll give you the knowledge that you are qualified to have access to it. You know, what happens when people get sick, especially serious stuff? They start questioning. Is God doing this to me? Especially people who are indoctrinated with religious stuff. You know. I remember Rhonda, you know, she was telling me the story because this was before we ever knew each other when she got really sick because right after I got saved, she ended up getting healed of three incurable diseases. I'll say incurable in the natural, but she got totally healed. She used to take handfuls of medicine every day just to function. And 20 years ago, she quit taking all of it and still healed today. But she was telling me about when she first got sick and her mom's here tonight, Sue's here. And so she could testify to this, but Rhonda said she got so sick that she could, she had to have help even moving around, like even getting around and stuff. And then she went out to her mom's house. She was so sick. Uh, she couldn't function. And she was talking to Sue and she said, mom, I just don't know why God is doing this to me. Listen, people think this stuff and we think it for a reason because people have been told this stuff. And she told Sue, she said, I don't know why God is doing this to me. I'm a good person. You know, of course, we all think that. But Sue said, Sue said, God's not doing this to you. The devil is. And I'm telling you, she told me, she said, from that moment, things began to change because suddenly I realized this isn't God doing this to me. This is the devil doing this to me. And see, the Bible says, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. There are certain things that we are to submit to. There are certain things that we have to resist if we want to experience God's best in our life. Listen, God isn't going to do it for us. He's already done everything that he needed to do, everything you needed him to do for you to prosper in all things and be in health. But it's even as your soul prospers and the way that we're healed is by hearing. God's will for our life and by allowing God to give us the ability to perceive things that are already ours, that are already in our name, that are already provided for us and to begin by faith to partake of those things and and exercise authority and dominion over the devil in the things that he's trying to do to destroy your life and make you ineffective. Listen, he can't touch your spirit. If you're born again, if you're forgiven, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So the next thing the devil wants to do is he wants to destroy you in your body. He wants to destroy you in your mind. And he wants to make you ineffective to where you're not able to manifest the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. Make you ineffective where you're just not a player. You're not in the game. You're not making any influence or any impact in this world for the kingdom of God. And the way that he does it is through deception and temptations. But God sent his word and he healed us and delivered us from all of our destructions. Now remember when this is said, this is in the Old Testament. All they had was the written word. 
And Kenny brought this up last time, last week. But when it says he sent his word prophetically, the word is Jesus. Man. He has sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all of our destructions. It's already provided. When he sent the word, he's talking about Jesus was the word made flesh, dwelt among us, offered his body as a sacrifice for sin to perfectly redeem us, make us holy and righteous and restore his spirit to us so that we could begin to be renewed in our mind and that we could begin to be uh, revived in our bodies. He sent his word and he healed us and he delivered us from all destructions. The ultimate fulfillment of that scripture is Christ. The written word is meant to reveal the living word. Let's say that again. You need to get that. The written word is meant to reveal the living word. And not just to us. But in us, Mm. a couple people got that, but I think it went over some of y'all's heads. The written word is supposed to reveal. Let me say it like this. The written word is supposed to unveil the living word within us. It's not supposed to just reveal Christ to us. It's to reveal Christ in us. Well, the the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, God has now willed to make it known to his church, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, when I, if, if sickness comes against my body, I don't need something from heaven. In the Old Testament, he said, I look to the hills where my help comes from. My help don't come from the hills. My help don't come from heaven. My help comes from the Christ who's the living word on the inside of me. The word made flesh and tabernacled among us. We are the tabernacle of God. We are the holy of holies. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the address of God in the earth. We are Zion. Zion's not just a place, it's a people. It's a place where the presence of God dwells. It's a people. Oh, man. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Let's look at, uh, let let me show you an example of this. Acts chapter 14. This is where the apostle Paul was on his first missionary journey. And he goes to Lystra. It's a place of Gentiles. I love this story. He says, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's wombs. This man had never been able to walk. And this man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. 
The Bible says here that he had faith to be healed. Let me ask you, where did he get it? From what he heard. Something Paul was saying unveiled a revelation to him. He he was able to perceive something through the words that Paul was saying that caused him to believe that he could be healed. See, how are we healed? We're healed by hearing. We're healed by hearing the truth. of the revelation of Christ. Let me back up to verse three. I want to show you this. Excuse me. Therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. God was bearing witness to what Paul was preaching by granting signs and wonders to be done. God will bear witness to his word. But not just any word. The word of his grace. Mm, We're getting over the target now. See, it's the word of his grace that imparts faith. There's a lot of us who have read the word, but not from a grace mindset. And we haven't been able to perceive and partake of the realities that are available. Jesus said this, be careful how you hear. Mm. So you can hear right, you can hear wrong. In fact, you know, there are three scriptural reasons why a person doesn't receive from God. Number one, ignorance. Just means you don't know. It's not a slam. It just means you don't know. Ignorance. What did Jesus say? He said, if you continue in my word... You're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So not knowing, see, you can have something and not know it, and it won't do you any good. Brother Hagin used to say that. You can have something that belongs to you and not know it, and it's not going to do you a bit of good. It's just like you didn't even have it. The second reason, number two, is traditions. So we've been taught wrong. So the first is not knowing. The second is wrong knowing. And man, I tell you what, we've been messed up with that. Because we've had a lot of people who are theologians who have just been not in a a relational pursuit of God, but a doctrinal pursuit of God to try and puff up their own intellectual minds and make themselves seem superior to other people. And they've interpreted the Bible... uh, Naturally. And we've had all kinds of religious stuff told to us. 
by supposed experts on God. And Jesus even said, I think it was in Luke 7 maybe, I can't, don't quote me on that, but he said, the tra- your traditions or the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. So it doesn't mean the word of God doesn't have power. It has inherent power. It has the very power of God, the very power of the kingdom of God. The word of God is breathed out of God and it has the very power of God on the inside of it to impart a faith to you to perceive unseen things and partake of unseen things in your life. But your traditions will neutralize its effectiveness in your life. And that's the worst thing you can have because you've got to purge out the old thinking. And that requires a, a level of humility because people hold to their traditions. Oh, my goodness. Well, well my family, we think, we think this. Or so-and-so told me this, so that's the way it is. Listen. <laughs> I'm going to try to say this as nice as I can. But none of us have a 100% corner on understanding God. Do you know what that tells me? Your revelation of God should always be growing. See, but religion locks you into fear. Better be careful. Don't stray too far from what you've believed. Why? Because religion needs returning customers. <laughs> Man. You have, to, you have to humble yourself and say, I don't know everything. Man, I remember the day I did that right here at 4851 Junction. You know, I I actually, I was talking to God. I pulled up to that intersection right there and I said, it just, I started learning some stuff. And honestly, if the more you learn, if you don't realize how much more you have to learn, really the more you learn should reveal how far you are from understanding. I started learning some things. Honestly, I started reading the Bible. Before this, I would have told you, because I grew up around church, I know all about the Bible. I, I told people that. I wasn't even saved. (laughs) <laughs> I remember telling people at work, you know, there was this one lady I worked with. She was a, a great person. She was always talking to me about God. And I said, I know what's in the Bible. I know all about that. I grew up around church. And whenever I got saved, I started reading the Bible. I, was, I remember going, that's in there? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I was shocked. (laughs) Then I went to Bible school. And I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, and I just realized, you don't know Jack. (laughs) And I remember pulling up to that intersection and I just said, Lord, you know, I think probably everything I thought I knew was wrong. And I just said, teach me the truth. Teach me the truth. I don't care if it takes me away from what I thought I believed or what this person that I admired said. If it's not right, 
I'm fine with that. I want to know the truth. And you got to get to that place where you're like, I don't care. I'm willing to let the Bible get in the way of what I believe. Because most people won't. They'll fight you over what they believe. And they don't even read the Bible. (laughs) Well, grandpa said, well, how much fruit did he have? You know, I mean, oh man. How do I get out of this, Jesse? So, um, God will bear witness to the word of his grace. He will only bear witness to truth. And so Paul was preaching the word of God's grace and God was confirming it, testifying to its truth by signs and wonders. So we want signs and wonders? How are we going to get them? Proclaim truth. We got to proclaim the word of his grace. God will confirm it. You know, people that stand up and tell you that healing isn't for today, that the baptism of the spirit isn't for today. Did you know they don't have signs and wonders following their ministries? And you know what they do? Oh, well, that's not for today. (laughs) It's a convenient way. Oh, man. I did not mean to wade out into this, but it's a convenient excuse for powerlessness. I'll say that into the camera. It's an inconvenient excuse for powerlessness in our lives. It's a convenient excuse for powerlessness in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's got to be on God's end. It can't be on ours. <laughs> couldn't be on our end. We couldn't be wrong. Could we? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. As Paul was preaching the word of God's grace. What is the word of God's grace? I think a lot of people don't understand what grace is. You know, we've had a lot of people slander grace, you know, because of a misunderstanding of what it is. Grace, simplest way I can put it, is what God did for us freely. Or what, let me say this, what God provided for us freely through the finished work of Jesus. Grace is what God has provided for every man freely through the finished work of Jesus. And that's how we were saved. So what Paul says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. Faith is how you perceive and partake of the grace of God. That's why not everybody's saved. Because Jesus his finished work provided by grace, forgiveness of sins, healing, deliverance from destructions. All of the benefits were provided for every man by grace. That's why when somebody gets saved, all they have to hear 
is that Jesus died for your sins. His blood was the full payment for all of your sins. And by believing and confessing him as Lord, you pass from death to life. You become a new creation. Your name is written in heaven and you're born again. And you're saved. You're forgiven of all of your sins. Did God do something? No, you believed the testimony of the grace of God. And you were able to perceive that belonged to you. It already belonged to you. And faith was just the ability to recognize that it was yours and to partake of it. By grace, we're saved through faith. That is the formula for receiving from God. Grace and faith. See, a lot of people think that everything's on God. So there are people that are overbalanced in grace. Well, if God wants it in my life, it'll just happen. That's an overbalance on the side of grace. Well, if God wants it, well, we've already looked at scriptures, New and Old Testament, that show us that the will of God is that we be both forgiven and healed. We've seen it, both testaments, before and after the cross. But people who believe in just grace, they think, well, if God wants it, he'll happen. And that's not true. The Bible says that God wills that none would perish, but that all men would come to repentance. But are all men coming to repentance? No. Are people dying and going to hell? Yes. Is that because God willed it? No. It's because they didn't understand or they didn't receive of the grace of God. God's will doesn't always come to pass, but by grace, he's provided everything for every man through Jesus. Faith is the way that we perceive and partake of grace. Faith is how we perceive and partake of grace. See, I heard, I heard about Jesus dying for my sins for a lot of years. I didn't get saved till I was 33. I grew up in church, so I heard, but I never perceived by faith. Mm. Help me, Lord. We are, by grace, we're saved. Now, the word saved, it doesn't just mean uh, you're going to heaven. See, there's another religious idea we have. Every time we see the word saved, we think going to heaven. That's not what it means. In fact, the Greek word that is translated saved there means to forgive, to heal, to deliver, to make whole. So you could say, for by grace, you've been healed through faith. You could say, for by grace, you've been delivered through faith. See, it's already provided by grace. Faith perceives and partakes of what God has already done for us. See, the day I heard the gospel and I believed Jesus didn't go get on the cross again. Why? He didn't have to. He already did it. It was already provided by grace. But what happened is that I heard and was healed. When Rhonda got healed of those three incurable diseases, she heard and she was healed. In fact, 
It's the craziest testimony. It's absolutely the wildest thing. Her uncle was teaching Bible study and he was actually telling the story about another lady. It wasn't even his story. It was a story he heard another minister tell about a man who you would all know who prayed for a lady with arthritis. That's what she had, rheumatoid arthritis. And he was telling this story that he had prayed for this woman and she said, you know, I'm healed. I, you know, she had received healing instantly by a gift of the spirit. And then he said, is the pain gone? She said, yeah, the pain is gone completely. And then a few minutes later, she said, but I still have this burning in my joints. And he said, well, you didn't tell me you had burning. So her uncle's telling us this story. He said, and that minister reached over and touched that woman. And Rhonda's sitting right there. So he's telling the story and he goes, and he reached over and said, burning in the name of Jesus, be gone. And she said, it's gone. And at the time when he did that, Rhonda had this warm feeling come over the top of her head and just whoosh through her body. And she really didn't understand what was going on at the time. She went to the bathroom because she thought she was like flushed, you know, like, and so she goes to the bathroom and then she comes out laughing. She's like, man, I just got healed. Um, (laughs) You know, but what was that? She heard and she was healed. This man at Lystra is just listening to Paul preach. He's hearing the word of grace. He's hearing the word of his grace. And that's what her uncle was teaching at the time uh, out of Andrew's, Andrew Womack's book, You've Already Got It. Isn't that what I'm saying tonight? You've already got it. That's what he's teaching of. He was proclaiming the word of God's grace. This belongs to you. 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 And then by faith, she was able to perceive that it was hers and partake of it. Mm. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Both, you know, grace obviously is not of yourself, right? In fact, the, great, the word for grace in the Greek means gift. So it's not grace he's talking about. Faith is not of yourselves. Man, faith is not of yourself. Did you know you don't produce faith? But how many people are trying to produce faith? Oh man, faith is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. You couldn't believe to be forgiven unless faith was imparted to you as a gift of God. I'm telling you, when I got saved, I was in the Creek County Jail. I had no confidence in myself to be able to produce anything good, much less something that would garner me forgiveness of sins. But what I, I heard and I was healed. I heard the word of his grace and the word of his grace is what produces faith. Man, look at Romans chapter... 10 verse 17. So then faith comes. Faith comes to you. 
It's not something you produce. I can't work my faith up. In fact, faith is the result of a revelation of the grace of God. Pastor said this last time. He said, we don't need to rush into healing. We need to rush into hearing. Man, that is a, that is a powerful statement. Because how does faith come? By hearing. And by hearing, it says the word of God. But it's actually the revelation of Christ. It's rhema, which is a revelation word. And it is Christos, not Theos. So it's faith comes when you hear the grace, the word of his grace, concerning what Christ has provided through his finished work. Oh, man, I tell you what. Mm. Faith comes when we hear the proclaimed word of what God has provided for us through the finished work of Jesus. Faith is the result of that. Faith is what happens to you. It's not something you do. Faith is what happens to you when you hear and when you truly hear and faith comes to you. You can have, you can partake of what I'm telling you tonight. I believe faith is rising in people's hearts. I believe there's things you're seeing that belong to you in the spirit that you're perceiving them, that they belong to you, that they're within you. They're not outside of you. They're not in a galaxy far, far away. They're not high up in heaven where you can't get why the word is near you even in your heart and in your mouth that's the word of faith which we preach the word of faith that we preach is that the word is near you even in your heart and in your mouth and when the word of his grace gets in your heart it's going to begin to come it'll change what you're saying why because it's changing what you're seeing oh my goodness the word of grace begins to, as I said in the beginning, it begins to paint a picture. It begins to change the image in your heart of how you see God and how you see yourself. And you suddenly begin to be able to perceive the life of God's design. You begin to see yourself partaking of that. And suddenly faith begins to give you the ability to perceive that it's already real. Yeah. You see, if it isn't already real, it's outside of me. How can I get it? Well, I can't jump high to heaven. No. Faith reveals the fact that it's already on the inside of you. Why? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. What's that mean, hope of glory? Hope of the goodness of God being manifested in your life through forgiveness and healing. Man. I'm telling you. It's by the hearing of faith. The written word reveals the living word. And the revelation is that he sent his word. Christ became flesh, dwelt among us, offered himself on the cross, ascended back to heaven, sent the spirit of God to dwell on the inside of us. And now Christ lives in me. 
And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, my goodness. Suddenly, I don't have to try and persuade God anymore. I don't have to beg God. I don't have to try and perform for God. No, he's already in in Christ. You know how I know I'm healed? Because Christ is risen from the dead. Because Christ overcame sin and death and was raised from the dead and ascended and seated at the right hand of God. That's how I know I'm healed. That's how I know I'm delivered. I'm a new creation. I am in him and he is in me. And that's how I know I'm healed. That's how I know I'm delivered. That's how I know. Because he is. As he is, so are we in this world. And we got to identify with him. You're either, let me, let me say this, you're either identifying with the old man in Adam or you're identifying with the new man in Christ. It really matters who you identify with. Man, that's what changed my life. I remember I was reading uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Man, I was in a bad place. I tell you what, the, 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 the view that I had around me wasn't good. But I began to see something different inside. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. I struggled with drugs for 20 years. And in a moment, faith came. Oh, I'm telling you, in a moment, I heard the word of his grace. Faith came. I mean, I remember I used to say, man, I guess this is how I'll always be. I'm just a drug addict. I know Jesse's, I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm destined for destruction. I'm always going to be this way. I guess this is what I'm always going to be. I guess I was made this way. I guess this is just who I am. I said those words, but in a moment, faith came. Mm. <laughs> I said in a moment faith came and my perception changed and I was able to partake of something that was unseen which was the reality that I was in him and he was in me and I said I'm not an addict I'm not an alcoholic I'm not destined for destruction I, I mean I began to not because I was hoping it was true I knew it And things that I had struggled with for 20 years suddenly were just broken off in my life. I'm here to tell you tonight, you may have been struggling with something for a while. It may have been attached to you so long that you began to identify with it and you began to see it as part of who you are. But I'm telling you that the devil is a liar. I'm telling you that that is not the truth. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation and the old things of Adam, the old death, the old destruction, the old sin, the old addictions and disorders and diseases and all of those things that plagued humanity, they're not a part of who you are anymore. You need to allow the word of God to begin to paint a different vision, a different image on the inside of you. You need to begin to declare, have the word in your heart, the word in your mouth, and you'll see the manifestation. You're able to partake of Christ in you. The hope of glory. Woo, glory. Thank you, Jesus.
Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith is something that happens to you. That's why that lame man that never walked, as he laid there and listened to Paul, faith happened to him. You remember when faith first happened to you? Mm, Some of you need to remember back. That's why I like telling my testimony a lot. I hope it helps you, but it reminds me. (laughs) That's why you need to be sharing with other people what the Lord has done. So you can help them, but you get refreshed. You remind yourself that you're a new creation. That old things have passed away. Mm, Stir up. Stir up. Come on, stand to your feet. Stir up the gift of God which is on the inside of you. Fan into flame that which Christ has done in your heart. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise tonight. Mm, Thank you, Lord. I thank you that faith has come in the hearts of certain people. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Father, that the word of your grace produces faith in the heart of your people. Listen, begin to declare. Hallelujah. Pastor said it Sunday. Let the weak say I'm strong. Hallelujah. God calls those things which are not as though they were. You want to enter into operating in the faith of God, begin to declare what you see in your heart. Declare those things which may not be in this physical realm as though they already were. Jesus said, whatsoever you say, if you believe and doubt not in your heart, then those things you say will come to pass. Then you shall have whatsoever you say. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise, Father God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, you told me that signs and wonders would happen tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're confirming your word in your people tonight, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you don't need a hand laid on you. You don't need prophecy. You just need the word of faith. You just need to see in your heart the word of his grace. Perceive what already belongs to you because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. And declare it out of your mouth. The spirit of faith says, I believed and therefore I spoke. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. Oh, I thank you, Lord. And no sickness. I thank you, Father. Sickness is illegal in the territory of the body of a born-again child of God. Sickness and disease is illegal. It's illegal in the body of a born-again child of God. It's encroaching on a territory that says no trespassing. No trespassing. Hallelujah. You got to enforce it. You can put up a sign, but you got to enforce it. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lay that thing down. That thing that you've been carrying that's got you bent over. 
It's got you feeling all burdened down. Lay it down. Cast that care upon the Lord for he cares for you. It wasn't made for you. It's ill-fitting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to your name, Father God. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. He heals all your diseases. All of them. There's not one disease that isn't subject to him. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that we are both forgiven and healed. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we're both forgiven and healed, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Anything that rises up in contradiction to those words is deception. Hallelujah. We take authority over it by your word, Father God. We declare by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. If we were, we are. Hallelujah. If we were, we are healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're just as free from sickness as you're free from sin. You're as redeemed from sickness as you are redeemed from sin. God wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you healthy. Above all things, he would that you prosper and be in health. He wants you healthy. He wants you healthy so you can be effective. But I'll tell you this. He wants you healthy just because he loves you. I believe that's first. He is love. God wants you healthy just because he loves you. And it's going to be your fulfilled. You're going to be the most fulfilled when you're doing what he's created you to do. So first, he wants you healthy just because he loves you. Second, he wants you healthy so you can be fulfilled. You can do the things he's put into your heart to do. Man, he's a good God. He is a good God. Man, I better let you go. I've gone way too long. But listen, I don't want you to leave. We're going to have ministers up here. In fact, I'll just have the ministers go ahead and come forth. You know, sometimes, sometimes we need to connect with somebody else. They can help us get in faith, get to faith. Let somebody minister to you. I remember I was talking to uh, Marvin Yoder. He told me, I got to sit and visit with him, and he told me, he said, man, when I minister to people in healing lines and stuff, he said, the bulk of my ministry is getting them into faith. Because once they're there, the manifestation's easy. If you got something in your life that, that you want gone, it, listen, it, it, forgiveness and healing, deliverance, 
all those things, that's God's will for you. Come up, let some people minister to you. Don't be in a hurry to lay hands on people. Impart faith by sharing the word of his grace. I think sometimes pastor was talking about that last time. We rush into laying a hand on somebody. We rush into the prayer. Share the word of his grace. Come to agreement. Jesus himself said, if any two of you on earth, we all on earth tonight. I believe we are. Any two of you on earth agree is touching anything. It shall be done. So don't leave. If you have a need, come up and you know, partake of the ministry that's here. Uh, be sure and be here Sunday morning. We'll continue the new series, Cross-Eyed. Amen. So uh, God bless you. You're dismissed.